Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sam Elliott 64 and welcome to the Robocast. I'm joined alongside... Steve the American Killjoy. And Walter Woodrow. And this is a bit different. We were going to be covering the sixth and final episode of BattleBots Bounty Hunters this week. Uh, unfortunately, due to Earth Day, that got pushed back until next week. So we had a little bit of a shuffle around with our, what we were going to do in terms of scheduling. And we're here to discuss an episode of Classic Robot Wars, everyone. Um, yeah, thank the Earth for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, this was Bounty Hunters before Bounty Hunters was cool. Well, um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah, so we, you have a, a, a target robot, if you like, and a tournament to fight each other in order to get to said target robot. In this case, the target robot being Tornado from Classic Robot Wars. And we have a guest from the episode itself, would you believe? Introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. It's uh, Andrew Marchant here from Tornado. Andrew, I mean, this is quite quite the honour. I mean, at the time, of course, Tornado was at the very, very peak of its powers. I mean, you were series champion at the time. You were the challenge belt holder. You were about to go on to win the Euros as well. Give us an idea of what, you know, Robot Combat was like back in the early 2000s, because it, it is a world apart now, of course. You know, you see these amazingly high-tech machines with, you know, live telemetry and, you know, enormous amount of power output. Um, talk, us, talk us through the um, talk us through the, the pioneering steps, I suppose. Um, well, back in the day, I guess, um, weapons weren't as absolutely key as they are in the more modern series. Um you had machines that um, had been conceived right in the very, very early stages of the classic series. Tornado is a prime example of that. We were looking at building um, in series two, series three, and looking at saying, well, what's winning the fights here? Well, it's just reliability and the one that can push the others around. So at that time, definitely weapons didn't matter, but they were building up to the point where a good weapon uh, did, did um, become something important. So I think probably say from um, Chaos 2 winning, that was the point at which uh, a weapon that really did start to matter. But even to the point of the end of the classic series or towards the end of the classic series, you didn't have to have such a fantastic weapon to do well. Reliability and drive um, were things that, that made you win. Absolutely. I mean, obviously you were case in point of that. I think there was, I can't remember if it was this episode or, or another one around it where, you know, I think Craig actually asks you, you know, why don't you put a big weapon on it? Because you didn't need one. Your, your robot was the weapon. Craig seemed to ask all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what if he was getting pushed by anybody to ask that question? Maybe. It makes you think, when, especially with the producer interference in, in the later series, I suppose. But um, yeah, I mean, so obviously the episode is called The Challenge Belt. Um, obviously, Tornado was the holder of it, Andrew. What, like, what, what, like, how, how did that come about? Let's, let's, let's kind of give, give a bit of backstory as to, you know, you were the challenge belt holder, which was a, it was a, was it a basically a free entry competition, or was it was a, you know, chosen opponents for you? Um, it was, it was all um, chosen for us, basically in extreme one. All the time, the producers were just looking to um, to put together fights so they, they had material to televise. Mm -hmm. And if you, I don't know if you're aware of the, the bit of the mess that the Extreme One filming was where they tried to do it at Earl's Court at the same time as filming um, American Robot Wars. Right. And of course they'd spent loads of money flying all these American teams over and they tagged this filming onto the back of, um, I 
can't remember what the name of the show was now, but there was a big um, science show for children on at Earl's Court, and they were basically in the back um, of the show area, and so they automatically had an audience. Now, that meant that there wasn't a lot of space at all for the pits, and um, they were fighting over the um, the little tiny bit of space in front of the, the entrance tunnel to the, the arena, um, the two film crews, the American and the English film crews, so it was falling dramatically behind. We were asked at one point to have two robots on a bench that wasn't big enough for a single robot. It was crazy. Um, so anyway, because of that, they prioritised the American film. That's the logical thing to do. You've, you've spent all the money on getting the Americans here. Yeah. The Brits, we can bring them back later. And that's what they did. At the end of the, um, the Sixth Wars filming, they had the arena set up. They just rented the, they just rented the space for another few days, had, had the crew for another few days, and they finished off um, finished off the show. And it was as much a case of which which robots the um, the TV producers knew would um, would be reliable and would put on a good show, and that were there and were still working. In the case of this particular challenge belt thing, after the um, after the finishing of the filming of the um, the six wars, or in the case of what was at Earl's uh, Court beforehand, it was a case of which ones had been invited and again were still on that list. Sure. Mm-hmm. So um, it was it was a very good piece of um, TV in the way of. Um, Actually, I just realised I'm getting two, the two confused now. Extreme One was not um, done with the Sixth Wars; it was done with the Fifth Wars. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's my mistake. That's right. Extreme Two was done all at the same time as the, um, the arena for the Sixth Wars was up. Yeah. Okay. So Extreme One um, was where we first came across the Challenge Belt, and it was originally given to Behemoth. Mm-hmm. And there's that lovely piece for the pits that Philippa introduces with the Behemoth boys that here we go here's the challenge belt we've been given uh we think we can take on all comers etc and can um, take on you though no <laughs> well the thing was that they were live event regulars just like us we'd go along and we'd, we had practice with the machine at a live event and it's still advice that's relevant nowadays if you're entering a big competition you take the machine to a live event find out what goes wrong with it mm-hmm. and um that can turn you from a first round knockout into a semi-finalist and it, it did for us we found um, by fighting uh, good old uh, dan tomkiev the very first version of it we fought at wilson's day and we found the uh, the issues with our machine and uh, were able to fix them and i think we'll see in the uh, in the show we're going to talk about that there's a machine there that we were quite afraid of because we we've had an idea obviously of what's going into this and we were looking around all the machines and you you think, well, what's this machine potentially can do to us? And there was one there that we thought that could be really dangerous. And actually, it turned out to be a couple of knocks and they were disabled. And it's um, it's because they hadn't uh, pre-tested their machine in that environment. I have, I have an inkling of which machine you're talking about. And it's Absolutely. one of my favorite ones. Absolutely. It's unfortunate. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned the episode. Obviously, you know, it was kind of set up as because you'd already won the, the rules of the challenge belt, if I remember correctly, so I'm sure that comments will correct me if I'm wrong, was if you if you won three fights back to back, you got to keep a belt. And then at this point, you'd already won one and you'd won two fights in the previous Extreme Series. And this was like for your second one, I believe. Is that 
that the case? It's, it's something like that. Yeah, I don't remember the exact details, but yes, we'd certainly won the first belt in the first Extreme Series by completing um, enough fights, mm-hmm. and we were undefeated in the first Extreme Series, and uh, we're going into the second Extreme Series as holders of the Challenge belt. Mm-hmm. Now, what some of the um, the people say on TV versus what the producers actually told us varies a little bit. Philippa seems to be under the impression that anybody can win the challenge belt off us, whereas we were told the belt you see on the TV is actually was ours to keep. And <laughs> because there's a bit of a story here, Mentor had um, had failed to make a second belt, so asked right. us to bring along the first belt <laughs> for for, um, for TV purposes. And they said, well, whoever wins, if somebody beats you, we'll make them another belt and send it to them. And I said, well, what happens if we win? Well, we'll send it to you. We'll make it, we'll send it to you. So, um, Did that yeah, ever happen, was, is the question? <laughs> well, sat beside me uh, on my desk, I don't know if you can hear me rattling it, oh. is the second belt that has never been on the TV. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they did make us a second one eventually. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Well, yeah, the, well, ep- I mean, the episode is nearing twenty years old. I think we're safe for spoilers. I mean, I think all the fans will have seen it by now. You'd like to think. Well, if you haven't, I am going to leave a YouTube link because it's tw- it's a twenty-year-old show. So the, it, I think it's like spoiling are- Citizen Kane. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think it's fair game at this point, right? You know it's, what I mean? Yeah, it's you know, there's there's been enough yeah. time. If you haven't seen it already, then go and watch it. It's it's a great episode, in my opinion. Let's talk about the episode itself, and we'll start with. I suppose fight number one, which yeah. you know, melees. We haven't talked about melees in so long, or you know, rumbles. I suppose if if you're an American viewer who haven't seen this for the first time, and Rumble One contains Dan Tonkia, Hypno Disc, Sir Crimelot, and Smidsy. Already, uh, just an all-star lineup. Oh, it's, yeah. it's you look at the the caliber of you know machine here. You know, Sir Crimelot's been around for so long at, at this stage, mm. as well as Smidsy. Hypno Disc. I mean, obviously, Andrew, you'd fought Hypno Disc in the main competition at this point as well. Like, you know, they've been tearing up opponents for, for years and years. And Dan Tomkier was this kind of new, new to the show. But as you said, they'd fought on the live competitions for quite a long time at this point as well. Yeah, they've, they've been around as long as us, literally. Their yeah. first fight was our first fight. Oh, right. So let's start with the, this fight. I mean, Hypno Disc. It breaks my heart, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they got no chance to breathe. It was it was seconds, wasn't it? Dan Tom, I, it was very obvious from from watching the fight back now, and you know you kind of a bit more of a obviously being a child at the time when I first watched it. You, you look at it now and you think brilliant tactics from Mike. You know he he targets Hypno Disc right from the get go, and he says absolutely none of that, thank you, straight out of the arena. Incredible driving, and I know the walls are low, and you know you can make comments about how low the arena walls are, which the Hypno Disc team, bless them, do make a comment after the fight, but. Dan Tomkey is going to take out the strongest opponent first, and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> you watch this episode back, and you watch, they literally, all three of them, just go and point at Hypnodisc and just drive it into the corner. <laughs> it, this was totally planned, and it's sad, because I've But, would, but wouldn't you do the same thing? Because it's, it's the big of spinner, right? Of course I would. <laughs> I don't care how much I love that robot, but it's it, it's got to go first. Two out of three of them were well armoured and well defended to, to yeah. go at Hypnodisc. Maybe not so much for Sir Chrome a lot, but you know, looks good. Um, yeah. They're ballsy, if nothing else. On that, the amount of entanglement things on Sir Chrome, <laughs> they've got chains hanging off, they've got cargo net hanging off. Where is 
You can get away with more when it's not the UK championship, I guess. I suppose. Well, probably, maybe. And it's a chrome lot, it's a chrome lot, and you're not going to argue with them. No. God bless Steve Merrill. Yeah, absolutely. He's sadly no longer with us, the Sacramento right. captain. Um, obviously, and- Andrew, you, you must have been maybe had an eye on this. Watching Hypnodist go out, obviously, I know you'd fought them before, but I remember you saying at the time, I think you were quite scared to fight them because it's Hypnodisc, right? Like, who wouldn't be? Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine you were pretty, pretty pleased to see them go out. <laughs> it was a relief, definitely. Um, <laughs> it was, they'd, um, they'd had the issues with, uh, with their, gear mesh on their disc, which had, was basically what scuppered them in, in our battle. And that was, that again was a massive relief. And they did a lot of damage to us. So there's no um, no doubt about that. This is back in obviously series six when we fought them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, we, we, we sort of realized that uh, if we did come up against them, then uh, we'd have to, um, have to take that damage and accept that we'd be in for awful more repair work afterwards. Sure. But, yeah, it was a, it was a very big relief when uh, when Mike managed to chuck them out of the arena. Absolutely, they weren't the only robot that ended up out of the arena because Sacrome a lot a, f- a few minutes later got yeah, butted out by Matilda. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean Mat- Matilda was on fire in this episode. I mean not literally, but like she was <laughs> kicking ass and taking names in this episode because. Yeah. Two out of the arena. So, I mean, we'll talk about the first one. I mean, so Chrome got absolutely, it was a good few feet in the arena as well. It was a good chuck and proper bad out they went. I was gonna, I was actually going to say, because obviously, Andrew, you actually took a big beating from Matilda in Series 6 as well, didn't you? How, like, in terms of the, the standard of the competition of the time, how good was Matilda? Because she did a lot of damage to you. I, I remember, I, I want to say I read a post somewhere where you said, you know, you had the whole frame was twisted. You had to completely dismember Tornado after that big hit against Dominator. Oh, yes, absolutely. The, the, the power of that spinner is there is nothing else in one action that has done more damage to Tornado. It twisted the entire chassis. We had, um, we had the front of a Land Rover sat on it with a load of the world's cut to try and bend it back. And the, the, couple of tons that this uh, full control Land Rover was putting on it wasn't enough to straighten the chassis. It's bent to this day. If we fit the, uh, the wedge to the front of it, you can see that on one side, it, it sits up by about uh, one, two centimetres. We actually had to um, to cut the posts, the wheels sit in and adjust their height to get wheels back flat on the ground. Wowee. <laughs> so just, it, yeah. it, it shows that because of course they've got no weight limits, etc. The the, uh, the house robots. Okay, it wasn't a massively powerful motor behind that disc, but um, because it's probably a thirty kilo disc or whatever it was, sat on a, a machine that's uh, 150, 200 kilos, and with great big teeth on it, big diameter, it can transfer a lot of energy. I, I yeah. doubt it would be um, carbide levels of energy, but it's, <laughs> it's getting up there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, for, for, for the time as well, right? Like, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, this is you know, a, you know, a, a geological aid, I suppose, in in terms of robot terms. Um, it does mean that obviously Dan, Tom, Kim, and Smitty go through so Chrome a lot, sadly getting chucked out of the arena. But it, it was a, they were never driving right. I don't think in this fight anyway. So I mean, no. they 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 were there just to I don't know. They were good fun. Up a little and, bit. And and the, always you know, were the, the entertainment factor that Steve brought in, in the even in the pits in pre-fight and post-fight. You know, you saw him playing with his suits and just you know about the hot dinners afterwards as well. <laughs> gold, absolute TV gold. And, you know. Right though, the food was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, because that's the last time we 
ever see Hypnodisc and, and Sacrome on TV. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. Both both of them kind of started the, around the same time and mm. kind of ended ended in the same fight. It's a, a bit of a shame, you know. Two icons for different reasons, I think, with mm, classic definitely. Robot Wars and um, yeah, I, you I, I believe have to be. A, a- you could be a big name in many different ways. I think sure, that's yeah. still somewhat true these days um, for certain people. But, you know, the Sochromalot team were always entertaining in and out of the pits. And they, I think they were up for sportsmanship awards. At, Every year, pretty know. much, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, Hypnodisc was <laughs> the spinner for a fair while. Um, and, you know, I think it probably had its time by then. Um, yeah. It is nice to see that... Yeah, it is nice to see that the, I believe Hypno Discs, I should say, still exist as well. Mm. There are, the um, the Series Three one still exists, uh, according to wow. a Reddit AMA which they did recently. I say recently; it was four years ago, but recently <laughs> enough. And I, I don't know about the other one. I want to say it was the the last one. This this one that got thrown out, but mm. it, you know, there's certainly two still going. Yeah, and of course, anyway. of course, Ray from the Sacromlot uh, team still helps out at live events today. He has Skelly, I think, doesn't he? That's his. Yeah, that. Skeletron. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, that's his. So I did think so. He has that, and he has the car that he brings it in with, and he brings. Um, I think he brings other bits and pieces. I'd, I'd like to say a Dalek. I'm not, I, I, I want to say it's a Dalek, but I, I can't remember for the live me. Ray, if you're out there, let us know. <laughs> let, us, <laughs> let us know. We'll move on to fight two, which was a bit wild. Yeah, <laughs> to, just to, a bit, <laughs> to say the least. So the second melee or rumble is Terahertz, Ironor, Barbarus, and Vader. There's just so much going on in this fight. It's so going keep... back and forth, and you're like, oh, that's happened. Oh, wait, hang on, that's happened. Yeah, oh, what's just happened to them? Andrew, um, you mentioned earlier there was a robot you were quite scared of. I want to say that was Vader. Is that correct? That is absolutely spot on. We looked at that and we thought, oh my goodness, this has got potential. This could be really something something special. And um, it's what I was referring, referring to earlier that I doubt they tested it properly, and whatever knocked it out was so quick and. Uh, Really unfortunate for them. Vader makes me sad. It really was one of those robots that looked like it really had, like you said, potential. And this is one of my favorites of the of the later series, where like I, I just wish a little more time, and that thing could have really shut wrecked house. Honestly, I, I think it goes to show that um, I think it's the same team's other robot, IG eighty eight, went yep. to the heat finals of of series seven. Um, so you know, a bit more testing, a slightly different design, maybe, but. Um, you know, it's it's still got a lot of potential in it. Yeah, and you know, I think it, it stands. You know, if you look at the design now, I mean, obviously, I know you can't compare the robots of this era to the robots you have today, but obviously, it is a vertical spinner. I know you can't directly compare, but that was the way the sport was going, and it has gone since. You've got to think, you know, had they had a bit more testing time, and and it had stayed functional for longer, maybe you know, who knows? You could have been talking about something very different in. Series seven or or what have you, but yeah, head not, not in this fight. On. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vader could have been right up there. Um, Barbarous in this fight. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they were they were taking panels. Iron yeah. or had some side protection that wasn't there anymore. Um, they always seem to do a bit of damage, didn't they, Barbarous? Yeah, I mean, yeah. To to kind of illustrate for those that you know haven't seen the episode, imagine axe backwards. Yes, basically but effective. <laughs> well, uh, well, more effective, relatively yeah. more effective, because obviously armor wasn't what it was nowadays. Yeah, correct. Um, correct. That's so, yeah. what I'm, that. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say. Obviously, something like that, and maybe that's the reason why Axe Backwards just doesn't have that punch, because the sports moved on in such a way where that design, you know, 
maybe, maybe not as effective. Maybe yeah. not. Had some new fancy wheels in this fight that were literally yes. just made of rubber or something like that. Very solid, flexible plastics. Or something I like that because like that. that's that's, that's kind of that kind of thing kind of floats today though because like you know a lot of teams today. I mean, let's let's take Gabriel as an example. Like you know yeah. they they don't they're not designed to take the hits. They're designed to go with the hit almost and kind of absorb the energy rather than kind of reflect it back absorb into the opponent. Yeah. yeah. And same with things like huge and and the like. You know, it's it's a good strategy and, and as you say, there's quite a few robots who do it. Even um nuts uses yeah. um plastic wheels. Yeah. They just yeah, they're certainly very innovative engineers, the Barbara's team. Yeah. Um I I'm friends with Cy and he's gone on to uh, to produce um things for the Lam Rover enthusiast market the bits that his company or the company he founded um and designed that sat on my land rover <laughs> um he now does some special effects work for movies i'm sure there's things we've seen that we don't have any idea that he's actually worked on but yeah, yeah so, sometimes catch on with him at the land rover shows and just chat about what what movie he's been working on and what <laughs> thing he's been doing and he's you know he's having a whale of a time he's loving it there's an interesting parallel between robot fighting and special effects because a lot of the robots from the early robot wars over here in the early in the, in the mid 90s, a lot of them were industrial light and magic uh, workers that just had the means and just put these things together and then closed the street off and fought. <laughs> so yeah. it's there, there is an interesting parallel between people who have that uh, that background and and robot fighting. Uh, I want to say that he went after the fact. There's there's guys who are working in in the UK who. Who, who run robot companies who are doing an awful lot of TV work as well. I want to say that, um, was it the, the guy from Griffin, Oliver Steeples? Am I thinking he did work on Star Wars? Yes. So yeah. know, I, think, I, I think he did, was it B, he did BB-8, didn't he? he? He made BB-8, I want to say, from the new Star Wars. Oh, I'm probably going up a, a weird tangent here. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, he, he, you know, the, there is a very distinct link between the, you know, mm. I suppose it makes sense really, doesn't it, when you think about it, but, you know. Even I, the late, great Rex Garrett worked yeah, on Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, quite not, not quite the same standards as Star Wars, I know, but it was a part of my childhood, so. <laughs> and mine. And mine. Um, let's talk about the other two robots in this um, rumble, because they are still very much active in robot combat today. They are mm. Ironor and Terahertz. Um, Ironor looks very very different to what it does today with no I mean, they, they were still on the axe train back then the the yeah. weapons you don't see that anymore i'd miss no. the, the good axe flipper combos and this was the best axe flipper combo i want to say um them and hydra i want to say they, yeah. they were very good yeah not not the hydra that many people will know but no. <laughs> another hydra yeah. <laughs> this is getting confusing isn't it there's only so many names you could use i guess you know, yeah, you know? I suppose so. people at the there's, there's only a pool you can pull from nightmare at the minute <laughs> <laughs> All oh, those wiki guys. Um, Ironor was interesting in a sense that it was very, very long mm. and had this and had the had a very effective flipper, which we we did see in later series. But it, it, in this fight, it kind of put, its axe was the was the main killer because it went yeah. straight through Barbarus and and stopped it dead. And that was. I think they, they went right into batteries, they were saying, in the, mm. the post-fight. You can see the smoke pouring out of it. What, yeah. you, so? Well, I think, I think Barbarus was smoking before that point, wasn't it? Mm. Like, one of the things for the uh, the Barbara's team, they always insisted on using, um, was it Iskra motors or mag motors? Certainly they were early adopters of motors that weren't continuously rated and they um, they tended to catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> Those pioneers, huh? <laughs> Somebody has to do it. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about terahertz because I, I want to yeah. talk all about terahertz. Gosh, it's, go it for is, it. It is my... So 
For those that don't know, for those that are new listeners, my favourite combat robot ever is Terahertz, and this episode is probably a big reason why, because it ju- it just, it has it all, doesn't it? It's just, it's aggressive, it has the, those those good hits that everyone wants to see from the axe, and it is just, it is, it's bananas, especially in this era, it was bananas, because it had, you know, I, I want to say John was just crazy with the, with the attacks. He Absolutely loved it. Wailing on it. <laughs> it's and it's obviously still going today. Obviously, John competed in the most recent season of BattleBots with with Beta. You know, mm. it, I don't know how much has carried over from then to now, but like, I mean, you can you can see the DNA, can't you? Like he's you he's toned the down the caffeine. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think the, the, the... <laughs> thing that is most worlds apart is the amount of usage of weapon um mm-hmm. obviously they're going for a very different thing with this version of beta um but even terahertz you, in the in the new series yeah and if you look back to classic terahertz it does a lot of damage by hitting a lot of times yeah very repetitively and uh i do miss it um, <laughs> well obviously and Andrew, obviously we're not going to get to that that fight in particular until a bit later on with, with yourself and terahertz but how how good was terahertz for the time it was phenomenal um The honest truth is Terahertz is one of the robots that took us out of um, live event fighting because it was so good, because it was a robot that could run its weapon at a live event in the the arenas as the quality they were at the time. Mm -hmm. And in a battle, it's just constantly bang, 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 hitting hitting the machine that you're you're, you're fighting with. With Tornado, it would basically banana and flatten the chassis after a weekend of live events. And it got a little bit, um, a little bit tedious having to cut the metal out the chassis, straighten it out as best you could, replace it after any or every live event where uh, where you were fighting the thing. So uh, yes, it's very very effective, and it, um, I'm sure there were lots and lots of machines that um, that had to essentially modify or up armor to to cope with that battering. I think there's a long list of robots that terahertz has had a hand in retiring uh from the <laughs> live scenes um and you know they're they're two-time uk champions for a very good reason in the, oh, absolutely, the yes. live scene they are one of or at the time they were one of the most brutal machines you would see on a live scene arena because obviously the big spinners you could well you weren't allowed to run them were you no. right um and yeah the, it was probably one of the most destructive things out there speak speaking of big spinners Saw Matilda hit again. Oh, an, an, oh another brutal. another butting, and you, oh, you see right on the weapon. Oh. Ouch! I mean, that's not running again, is it? No, <laughs> I don't think it would run very very true, would it? You get, no. get, get to a point of ah, not not going to go anymore. Weapon lock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all that safety. The team was saying after the fight that um, they they saw that they got hit by Matilda. They didn't see where they got hit until they came out, and um, they went, "Oh dear." <laughs> It's yeah. It was quite the quite the impact. I mean, the camera couldn't even follow it because it, it oh, kind of no. kind of missed it. And yeah, poor Vader. I mean, they just they had a bad time in this episode, didn't they? Really, <laughs> let's just yeah. say that much. Um, and obviously, Barbarus took Iron Ore with it, but it yeah, di- it, it died in, in, on its own. I think, and Iron Ore just couldn't get back up because they were venting like, gas. They weren't getting was, back over again. Was no. this the first robot suplex? I don't know because it was on the axe, wasn't it, Barbara? And then they flipped. Yeah. They flipped it. Flipped and it. And the axe goes Iron Ore kind of flipped know. itself <laughs> in a way. It was, it was a weird old thing, wasn't it? It was a, yeah, a lot of physics it happening. Ah. <laughs> it was a good fun though. This was a very entertaining fight. I mean, I think yeah. the whole episode was, but this was a really uh, cha- chaotic. Let's say that mm. much. Yeah, and again, both 
iron ore and terahertz their um, live event circuit favorites at, at the time or, or very uh, very often in the live events and so they're um, used to putting on a show and very used to uh, making a machine that's uh, that stays reliable yeah they're yeah. tested definitely and that's that that that's what we can say probably might have been vader's uh loss here was that not having that experience to really work out the kinks absolutely so. let's move on to round two and we'll start off with the two yellow and black robots dan tomkir and iron ore and iron ore does what iron ore does best and goes out of the arena because Rose apparently wings. every series just has to happen to them i do i do feel slightly sorry for them because they you know it must be frustrating you know coming back every single time and going out the same way but i mean they get their you know they get their own back I mean, for the many, many years since then, because let's face it, they, they do the, the same to everyone at live events these they days. Do. They've done it to us, yeah. my, my own team. So <laughs> I can absolutely attest to that. Um, and I, I suppose it, this may well have led them down the flipper line in the first place instead of going down the hammer line, which, you know, they kind of have both weapons at this point. But I mean, you said earlier on, Sam, about uh, a sort of meta evolving. Um, certainly at the time, the flippers and actually continuing to these days, the, the mm-hmm. big Brit flippers were, were the meta and Dan Tomke was, was the best at the time. Mm. It was it was bruised like it was Iron on this fight, you can kind of see that they didn't have quite the turning circle that Dan Tomke did, and you can see it kind of circling around it and trying to get yeah. to the back, but Dan Tomke and Mike just cuts off those angles and out she went. That was easy like Dan peasy. Dan Tomkir's turning circle, they they claim to be a, a full body spinner as well in that they can mm-hmm. rotate on the spot so fast and be a danger so you got you got to think that's going to help yeah i figure something also wasn't necessarily right after iron Earl decided to go and pull the floor up with it with getting stuck under that spinner at the very start of the fight yeah i i, I draw parallels back to when complete control fought ghost raptor in 2015 battle bots yeah, where they went backwards the and the floor. caught a seam in the floor and they weren't right after that possibly um but I mean, it was... The, the, the cards were stacked against them, weren't they? Let's yeah, be real here. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like that robot is just shaped perfectly to just get thrown out. I don't know. Uh, it just always seemed to find its way outside the glass. Uh, Danton Kia, just a, a special, special robot for the time. Yeah. Um, I really I really love Danton Kia. I, I, yeah. the, the shape of it was in itself quite unique that it had the two sort of front pontoons that almost... You can draw parallels with sort of wedgelets of today. They were there to get underneath so that the flipper had an easy time just getting under and flipping. At the right angle. a good way of protecting the edge Mm -hmm. of that flipper that, you know, they're going to be able to get under for longer because the the two front pontoons are coming out and getting under. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andrew, anything to add? I mean, obviously, Iron Ore at this point, sadly gone, but obviously they, they still run today. With with great effect. What, what what are your thoughts on Iron Ore? Sometimes they run with more than one. Yeah, <laughs> they just, well, yeah. They're, they're, they're a team that haven't haven't ever uh, had a break, have they? They they've just kept going. They love it. Um, it's a shame we didn't get to see them do as well as they did on the live scene in Series Ten. It's mm-hmm. almost like we got cheated. <laughs> I think that version of Iron Ore, Iron Ore Six, it wasn't right for quite a while. Even so, I went to a live event just after Series Ten. And they still weren't right there, and the flipper still wasn't quite going. But you I don't know, Jevon. They they won 2019's championship. Oh yeah, they did. They did win 2019. It was bearing in mind that Series 10 was 2017. They had a couple of years to get it right. Um, But I I can't not love them because they are now my local ish team. So um, big up. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, you were saying? 
Um, yeah, I just they're they're a team that have been doing it for for years, haven't they? And um, I think they do it because they love it. And uh, if they do well, they do well. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that uh, we don't see Mike as much. Obviously, he's not yeah. living in the UK anymore now. Sure. But um, there's still teams who are running uh, various versions of Danton Kier as, as tribute machines, aren't there? Absolutely. Um, we'll, yeah. yeah. But absolutely. Um, I always like the construction of Danton Kier. I love the way that Mike had just basically, it's a metal frame with welded in panels. And if that was built, I don't know, in, in the the 2010s with with hard opt panels it possibly could have been a very very solid very competitive machine mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a discussion for that to going forwards that there have been designs drawn up for a couple of years with the current owners um wanting to to build something reasonably sturdy and you know out of modern stuff to to make sure that it's quite competitive again mm-hmm. I mean, I because even back then it was a machine that there wasn't anything you could do to it unless yeah. um Unless something came apart inside, there was no damage you could do to it on the live events. And even with a big spinner in a, in a, a decent arena, there wasn't much damage that could be done to it that would seriously affect it. Mm. I'd be curious. Like to said, it was a flipping link that came out, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'd Let's be curious on. to see how it would handle. I'm sorry. I'd be curious to see how it handle an undercutter, mm, since those have gotten more dangerous as we've gone on. Especially you know, because those little pontoons round the back end. Yeah. It's very. There's a lot. The, the quite innovative tail thing that you can prop up or put down, yes. which I think I remember when I was younger thinking that seems like a very obvious thing to go for, but you just can't get around there. They're already under you by the time you're looking at it. Yeah. And, Cassius yeah. had a very similar kind of wheelie bar at the back, mm. where it kind of was able to lift. Well, he had he had suspension on that thing. That was, <laughs> that was, that was and that was series two. I could gush about that robot forever. Um, Maybe one day we'll, we'll do a special on Cassius one day. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, let's move on to fight number four, which was Terahertz and Smidzy. Now, okay. I'm, I'm sure, before we actually get on to the fight itself, Andrew, I'm sure you must have seen this fight and thought, oh no, if yeah. Terahertz actually ended up fight, facing you, because this was brutal from Terahertz. Yeah, it's a, it sort of um, mirrors the live event experience against Terahertz. It's a machine that, uh, when you can't get away from it, you take a battering from it. And uh, Smidzy's like Tornado is wide and flat, just the right shape for terahertz to attack. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's going to get flattened, and it did. <laughs> it was. I mean, you, you can see the whole kind of back corner kind of peeling apart. It was absolutely metronomic, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I don't think Smidzy's constructed quite the same as Tornado. I don't know that it had yeah. the same sort of chassis underneath the armor that ours does. So um, sure. I think I think it rather suffered rather, didn't it? It, it, oh, it? it looked very sad at the end of the fight. I think it looked quite sad at the start, to be honest with you. That one side panel was slightly different to everything else, so it may have been damaged previously, but this was terahertz at its very, very best, I think. There's no... I don't yeah. really know. It wasn't a fight, was it? It was just bullying, really, from John. <laughs> yeah, it was just, just... It was just a few minutes of just watching terahertz slowly pull Smidzy apart. And smash it down into the floor until it probably y- y- until you were maybe like paper thin. Mm-hmm. It was it was brutal. Also, uh, out your ground clearance. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think it looked like they lost drive on one side, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, it's a standard going in push pot, um, problem that to, to tie all the wheels together without making it too heavy and using a motor on each wheel, it ends up uh, you end up with chains or belts or something, and they're so easily affected by. Uh, by the chassis getting bent and battered. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, and, and, that, and that it would have done in this fight because terahertz was was wailing on it i will i will say as well you know smidzy is also a robot that still runs today um maybe not recently because it got it got pretty badly damaged by oh, it's not pretty by toron <laughs> or monsoon of damage yeah that was Toron three uh, yeah that, that that robot <laughs> tom brewster broke it let's say that much yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously I, i'm actually gonna bring this up as well a bit later but seeing as we're on the topic now obviously andrew you met with tom before Series yeah, nine, didn't you? <laughs> I was I was just looking on the on the group and just um, tore, uh, Tom happened to post that um, oh we're in Turvey. It's like what? I'm in <laughs> Turvey as well, and Turvey is not a big place. It's, it's not. A, I've, I've been before. Village, it's really not big. <laughs> Five hundred thousand people. Yeah, and obviously got in contact and said, "Well, look, just we need to meet up, given we're, we're like three or four minutes from each other at the most." And so we did, and I took Tornado along, and, and Tom was um, working on um, whichever version of Monsoon it was. That was, um, was it? Oh, no, it was Toron he was working time, on. I think, yeah. Yeah, it was Toron he was working on the revised one for the, um, I guess it was, seri- uh, I think it was Series 10. Nine? It was one of the late. It was one of the. Yeah, it wasn't the first one of the reboot they were in. It was okay. the second one of the reboot they were in. Because okay. they had the, the, the first machine there, which had. Uh, unfortunately got knocked out quite quickly mm-hmm. and so I, I was looking at this and thinking, oh yeah you've made some improvements there but i was sort of saying well you the big problem i can see is you can get propped up and the, the the back of it you haven't got any uh i know it exposes the wheels but there should be a bit more space so that you've got a chance of being able to keep traction and be able to pull away but uh, tom's shown that his machines can be very 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 good and um he's, he's continuing to fight to this day and do very well with them and if Absolutely. you haven't seen it make sure you go and check out the uh the wonderful turvy uh street battle <laughs> it's out there somewhere on, on youtube i'm fairly sure but it, it, it was it was just very nice to see tornado running again i think that was it was very it was very wholesome i did i did enjoy seeing that again um i suppose we should move on to the final of the tournament i suppose to, to for the right to the for the right to fight tornado between dan tom Keir and terahertz and it was quite even for a, for a good while and then yeah. when terahertz turns the screw it really turns the screw as we, we've said all episode you know as soon as that robot gets you cornered or gets you stopped and you can't get away, then that is, you are done. Because you can see, as to, I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but you get to the end of the fight and you can see the back of Dan Tomkia is all kind of caved in. It's all a bit yeah. bent and brutal. Absolutely brutal. Bearing in mind what was said earlier about not a lot can touch Dan Tomkia. Mm, I think Terry yeah. certainly did touch it. Um, it's, yeah. It's interesting because there was a, there's a good portion of this fight where uh early on terahertz has the ground game down and mm-hmm. you have T- dan tom just not able to get up underneath it uh but then you see there's one flip that happens and then you're like oh it's gonna change and sadly uh and it doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't you, you, it just it was that, more of the same you can see that mike was definitely aiming for that out of the arena because he pushes him yes. into the corner and he's trying to get the, the house robot kind of blocking dan tom path a little bit i can't remember mm. which which house robot it was but it, what might have been had you know dan tom had a free run because i think Knowing Mike and how good he was at getting their opponents out, mm-hmm. I think Terahertz would have been straight over that wall and done, but wasn't to be on this occasion. Terahertz got lived to fight another day and smashed Dan Tom Keir to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, out of these two, which would you have rather faced? Um, you can't say either. <laughs> well, in terms of the, how... Um, dangerous the machines are there's, there's not a lot in it mike mm. is uh, very adept 
at uh, stacking Tornado up against the wall, or he was then, from the, all the experience we'd have fighting live events together. Mm-hmm. Um, and John is very adept at flattening you and, and yeah. uh, rattling everything loose inside the robot. So yeah. from that respect, there's, there's nothing to pick between. But I guess I would have loved to have fought Danton Keir on TV because um, it was our first battle. And when we were in that playground, I think it was Wilson's School in London in Croydon, and we both took our machines out and both, neither of them painted. First time they'd been out and battled. And we both went away from those, that fight, we haven't actually built anything that's that, that's that good. And actually it was because we both met a machine that was quite reasonable for our very first, first battle. Uh, and the other thing that um, would have made it even nicer if it was the two of them, that the, um, the battle, the final that we're going to come to was the very last show filmed for BBC Two. Oh. It was um, it was late on the last um, last day of filming, um, and we were honestly expecting by that point that there wasn't going to be another series on um, on the BBC, and whether there was going to be another series at all. So we were thinking, well, this could be the last battle in that arena. It turned out not to be, but um, we were thinking it could have been. So we'll go go into that further in a bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. It does. It does kind of say say a lot as well because obviously you, you mentioned that you two fought each other. Your first ever fight was each other. It would have been quite nice, you know. You, you both kind of come through the ranks at a similar pace as well. Obviously, Dan Tomkier a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But, well, it was just that Dan Tomkier didn't get selected. Yeah, right. Because uh, they were there the, for series four. They just didn't qualify. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. well, they, well, they won the fight, didn't they? But they didn't get selected or, or something like that. It was kind of crazy when you think about it, but. You know, your your breakout series was the was series six, both of you really. You kind of yeah. went to a new level, the pair of you. And obviously at this point you kind of both established vets, aren't you? But yeah, it's it's it would have been quite a nice story, I think. You know, that does sound good. But that wasn't the case. You end up with terahertz. <laughs> um and this was a clinic, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute clinic. <laughs> um talk us through the fight. I mean, what you know, what what can you remember of like the kind of the build up to it? What was what was going on? Uh, I think think I was feeling nervous, thinking, well, this is this is one that um, there's a good chance we won't win this one. Um, I was thinking I don't want to have to spend hours repairing the thing afterwards, um, and I was thinking, well, I know we can push terahertz around, but I know it can batter us. So the pit has got to be. <laughs> one of the best options we we can't turn it over we can't chuck it out the arena so and and pushing it into house robots yeah that's effective to an extent but terror hertz is so well designed on top that not much the house robots could do could damage it so it had to be the pit yeah and it was the smartest um, option <laughs> honestly it worked better than i could ever have dreamed it was yeah. honestly it was just it was i mean the fact that they showed the fight twice at the end yeah. of the episode yeah. was just was the, the the biggest kind of tribute to your good work because you just it was you just didn't give them a second chance. Like we, we mentioned Hypnodisc getting bullied by Dan Tom Kieran the first fight where it got, you know, essentially smothered, and this was very, very similar. You it wasn't it wasn't on, but he just wasn't having it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt sorry for John how quick we uh, we made made um we laid waste to them, given how good a machine it is, <laughs> yeah. and, and how good a driver he is, and how, how good a team they are. It was, uh, 
was a shame, but they, we were there to win, not to uh, right. not to mess about. So we yeah, there's, there's a point where you're like, I, you want to respect them to give them a nice long fight, but you also it's competition. <laughs> so well, I was, was going to say, you know, you say it's kind of not no, not it's a shame for John, but at the same time, you've also got to consider the fact that it just shows how good yourself and Tornado were at the time because. You know, as we we've kind of discussed through this whole episode, Terahertz was a serious competitor and could easily damage anyone, as we've seen throughout, let's say, this episode and the series before. And yourself and Tornado made it look very, very average, which is possibly the biggest compliment that can be paid to yourself. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's true. It's it's we we did what we we um we were we built the machine to do. Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Work to perfection, just as designed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, we've reached the end of the episode. I think, you know... Look, there is a bit more to... No, go, go on. It Talk wasn't the end of the fight, what you see on TV. Oh. Okay. Because they called Cease, and I ignored this, knowing that it was <laughs> the last time we'd be in that arena. And I started to go for the house robots. Oh. Yes, <laughs> and they didn't show it. We God got cheated. It. Of course, they didn't show it because the they'd already called seats, and and, they, and um, it was the end of in theory the end of the back. Um, I can't remember who was in the fight other than Killerlot, but um, I went into the CPZs and went for the house robots, and then I must admit I started to run away, and then Killerlot started to go round after us, <laughs> and ended up with the audience laughing as I'm going doing circles in the middle with. Kill a lot circling after us. <laughs> then they raised the pit and John came out. Oh. <laughs> He'd been firing his axe backwards and forwards into the wood on the side of the pit. He had hardly any gas. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, we basically gave up. And um, and the, the announcer, not Jonathan Pierce, but the. Um, or Strip McDonald. Yes, uh, came over the um, the PA and said to, just said to the audience uh, something like, Kev. Uh, give a round of applause to our roboteers for that show. And, and um, we did that. And then we went and did the, uh, the interview with Craig and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but, it was, uh, it was kill a lot and dead metal in that fight. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Somewhere, but it, it's crazy. The amount of things that be on tape somewhere in a vault that I'm sure all the fans would love to see. I would yep. Desperately love to see either just full cuts of some of the fights. I mean, there are some fights out there that have caused controversy through the years because the judging has gone one way when we haven't seen all that yeah, happen. They're all for cut that up. Fight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some there are some fights out there that we would absolutely adore to see full-length versions of and see all yeah. the behind-the-scenes stuff. Battlebots, too. There's a vault. Yeah. Yeah. Rick said that there ex it exists, you know, so... <laughs> where Release is the Munson cut. <laughs> <laughs> um... Obviously, Andrew, I feel like we have to discuss a tornado and kind of your legacy with Robot Wars a little bit because you you won a series. It's the only second series champion we've had on here. We had Ray earlier this year, and now we have Andrew. Yeah, I mean, is it something you look back on with fondness? I mean, you know, it was you know I say almost twenty years ago now, where you know Tornado was in its heyday. Is it something you look back on and think, Joe, that's a really cool thing that we did? Or what, what's, well, what's your feelings? It now? It's it's um. Obviously, I, uh, there's no regrets at all. I, I did it um, because it was something I enjoyed doing, and at the time we were we, we hit it just right. We hit it uh, right in terms of 
when the machine was at its peak performance, when the viewing figures were high, when um, financially um, we did okay in terms of um, Series 6 had prize money, Series 7 had prize money. Um, what was it? Series 7 World Champs had prize money. Uh, rather than just the £25 to watch petrol appearance from the giving before that, which was a joke oh, for some the BBC. People. The BBC. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, did, um, we did well out of the, the merchandising, the toys, the of games. Of course. Yeah. As, as, uh, you know, for, I'm going to put a little clip on here. This is, this is your moment, guys, but we actually have got the, the tornado pullbacks out in, I never got out one. in force. <laughs> You'll be lucky one to find one now, Steve. I know. For, for, that's for the cheap, thing. I know. I know, goodness me. They are few and far between. I missed that boat. Yeah, there, there might be some still in storage somewhere, which we may have to get that out one day and stick on eBay, but uh, <laughs> who knows where they are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you you actually have competed in one of the modern series as well with, with Photon Storm. Yeah. How, to kind of give, you know, viewers and listeners kind of an idea of just how much the sport has changed now. Like, what what is... You know, com- compare, let's, for example, you know, BattleBots from five years ago now to Robot Wars then. Like, how radically different are they in terms of, you know, the, the level of the machines? Yeah, obviously, I can't can't speak for the, how the current series is. I don't have sure. direct experience of that. But for, for BattleBots, when, when I was invited along to help out, it was, we were very much um, a small fry team. Um, you looked at some of the American machines, and I think the series we competed in was one of the first where teams were not just building, bringing along um, effectively entire kit of spares in their crate. They had entire machines in their yeah. crate as a spare. This has always and, been contentious. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it struck us as, well, they've, they must have massive sponsorship or massive resources behind them to be able to afford to do that. And it meant you, you could see it by that point, the era of, of a robot built in your garage um, and you file everything to just about fit yourself and, and all the parts are unique to it, is it, it was over. And if you're, you're talking about a machine, that Tornado, where everything's hand-built, everything's um, hand-assembled, there's, I think there's one part on the machine that's, um, oh, it's maybe not true, there's a few parts on the machine that were drawn up in CAD, but... Um, most of it is is made uh, bespoke, and nowadays you can't do that. You've got to have spares, 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 and we had loads of spares. We just had to hand make them. Uh, now it's um, it's all machines with with uh, uh, parts done in CAD and produced, and then you bring them home and, and assemble them and hope it all works. Mm. Um, and because of those resources it was clear that teams, and because of the money that was at stake in BattleBots, even then, it was clear that teams thought nothing of destroying a set of motors, speed controllers, batteries in a battle, because if that costs you $1,000, when there's $3,000 of prize money up for grabs, it's it makes sense to do that. Sure. Now, we, I think we were... The machine we brought was, was, um, was very much older than... Um, I understood it to be an older than I think Ed Hoppet understood it to be underneath. And yeah, it wasn't, it was, it looked the part and the weapon was powerful, but it wasn't built to the standards it needed to be to do well in Mac Mars. Mm. 
And what's, <laughs> what's especially against that, Minotaur, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you didn't even get beat by an American machine, well, South American then. <laughs> yeah, fabulous, fabulous machine, fabulous team, yeah. and they were truly scared. They actually thought we were one of the few machines that could take them out, and it's it's like going back to that uh, that machine Vader. Yeah. It had potential, <laughs> but actually, it wasn't up to the job. Sure, interesting. I think another thing before we kind of start wrapping things up is, you know, obviously the show came back for Robot Wars in um, in 2016 as well. Was there any temptation to bring that maybe bring Tornado and kind of have have one more run, or, or was it always a case of you know let let Tornado sleep, so to speak? <laughs> um, it was tempting, of course, uh, but I think I think we knew about it rather significantly more before. Um, even it became sort of a semi-public rumour, if you know what I mean. I think we knew about a month before Christmas, and it was sort of about a month after Christmas that it became um, yeah. became a rumour that was something was happening before it was actually announced. Um, and even then, it was a case of the timing's wrong. We need a completely new machine. The location up in Glasgow is far from ideal because it's a big <laughs> job to get everything. You know, it's a big job to take everything up to a to a um to a to a, an event and the, the amount of stuff you have to lug around and it's it's more than you take to a live event because you you like to take more damage and you're likely to to want to be able to fix bigger issues mm-hmm. and it just it just wasn't the right time to consider building something new i certainly didn't have the money to throw at it either mm-hmm. so um yeah had to pass up on the opportunity unfortunately would I like to do it again? Well, never say never. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Mark II of Tornado has been in my head since Series 7. I oh, knew no pretty much what I wanted to do. Whether it would be effective now, it might have been effective 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There's all the impetus you need to. If someone out there is listening and has got you know a shed load of money to, to, <laughs> to throw at a combat robot, Andrew's your guy. Trust me. <laughs> um this has been wonderful. Thank you so yeah. much for your time, Andrew. And um, no problem. Hopefully, we you know I know you know maybe maybe not at the full combat level, but I do hope we get to see Tornado running again because you know it does still exist. You do still have Tornado chassis in your storage. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's more than the chassis. The whole machine is sat there assembled. The, um, <laughs> it's been it's, a big it, I bring it out for the rope. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen, I've seen over the last few days, there's been a big Facebook post about where, you know, where this robot is, and obviously you've mentioned... <laughs> All the roboteers trying to give you their battery safely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we borrowed lipos from the, from Storm and from Tauron to uh, to run the thing, and it runs well on them. I think, mm. actually, when they're fully, fully charged, we don't get regen braking because the voltage is so high, the controller thinks it's too high, and it's mm-hmm. it's a bit of a pain to drive like that. But mm-hmm. give it a, a few blasts on the throttle, and then it drives really, really well. It drives better than it ever did on uh, lead acid batteries. That's probably also because it's obviously it's not uh, 15 Much kilos lighter. out of the weight of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's like going from the Series Four tornado to the to the Series Five machine. You can definitely see the difference in speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe a, a Robo Nerd event. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. I know we had uh, back in 2019 when we had the last in-person Robo Nerd um, onslaught came out for a bit of a drive around. Maybe this time around, a bit of a tornado drive around. If somebody's willing to lend us the batteries, certainly we can do that. 
Um, you can't promise a weapon on the front of it. I think weapons are a bit further buried oh, in the right. storage unit. But we're, we're not Craig Charles. We won't keep insisting you have to have one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wedge is fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll do. We may not even have the wedge. That's what oh, I'm no. oh no! <laughs> if, if I've got got the weapons. They're just I say they're, they're well, well buried. Yeah. So I say we've got the weapons. We still have the small disc, the big bar, which was turned into a vertical bar. Um, for Series 7, which we never used because there was no um, appropriate opponents, we thought, because mm-hmm. uh, obviously it wouldn't work very well upside down. And, of course, the wedge. Brilliant stuff. I'm, 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 I'm just, this has been great, honestly. Like, I think over the years, you know, you've obviously... You, the, the big three that are remembered throughout Robot Wars history are Chaos 2, Razor, Hypnodisc. For, yeah. for good reason, because they were, you know, they were icons of their time. They, they won yeah, for fun. I mean, they, they looked fantastic. All yeah, exactly. They were big in the time when the merchandise was just starting out, so they were on yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Tornado is massively, massively underappreciated because it. I think it's the only one, to my knowledge, that beat all three of those robots. Mm. You won a series. Mm-hmm. You you came third in the next one. You know, against opposition that you probably really shouldn't have been beating. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> it was. I, I really feel like you know, the community at, at large. You know. Not maybe not owes tornado a lot, but like it is a very it's a it's a point where you go from you know a robot that broke down and in, in you know in the fights to a robot that just kept going and was just relentlessly effective and like I think one thing for me because growing up I wasn't maybe the biggest tornado fan, but I look back now and I think the, probably the reason like it didn't sit right with me because it just won so much because it was just it went in, <laughs> it went into the arena and you kind of thought it's just going to win and I think yeah. that's the biggest compliment you can kind of pay to it. It, it was just a a, not, a wonderful thing. <laughs> not only that is the the fact that Tornado was one of the the first robots to really go for the modular weaponry, and they yeah. you had an answer for any Everything. opponent, and you, <laughs> yeah. you had something there to be the Kryptonite. And yeah. in a game of rock paper scissors, you've brought a handgun to. I think it's the best way to show it. You you what? can just win, and it's yeah. Um, well, modular weaponry was around even back in Series One with Plunderbird One, but it just yeah. wasn't uh, it just wasn't, wasn't there yet. The, yeah, <laughs> not, not shown off to the to the full extent that Tornado had in that you could no, just go. Yeah. I mean, even robots these days like Ribot that uses sort of the four yes. master bolts to just pop out a bit and pop in the next bit. Yep. That's the sort of thing that Tornado really had, and um, yeah. So we had six bolts, not four. <laughs> it's better than there you go technology's come a long way that you, yes, you can lose a whole two bolts <laughs> um, yeah Andrew thank you so much for your time this has been an honest honestly god joy and um, thank you for talking about a, an obscure episode of classic robot wars with us it's been really good fun thank you it's been, it's been enjoyable to revisit it and uh, yeah great to talk to you guys thank yeah. you very much anytime with that said I have been Sam Elliott 64 I've been Steve the American Killjoy. I've been World of Woodrow. I've been Andrew from Tornado. And the three of us at least will see you next week, actually this time for the final episode of BattleBots Bounty Hunters. The BattleBots Challenge Belt. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what it should be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time.